Today we continue in our sermon series on stewardship and giving it all you've got in time, treasure, and talents. And we've talked about each as a gift. Time, how it's a, a gift, and what do we do when we use that gift? Hopefully we find time to rest in who he is in Jesus. And then treasures, what do we do with the, the treasures that we've been given with a gift? We take care of ourselves and then we use that to bless the world around us as well. And today we come to talent and the gift of talent. And it can be a little confusing when we as a church begin to talk about time, treasure, and talent, because if you were with us, whether that's in person or online last weekend, the gospel talked about talents, but it talked about it in a way that related to money, right? The master left and he gave five talents to one person and two to another and one to another. And throughout all of uh, kind of antiquity, we see that talent was a measure of uh, money or gold or something. We see in, in the Old Testament, David took a crown from their king's head and it was placed on his own head, and it weighed a talent of gold. It's kind of confusing, but that's not the talent that we're going to talk about today. So what other talents are there? Well, there's natural talents, and there's a whole industry, well, many, many industries that are based off of these natural talents. You know, American Idol, America's Got Talent, Mass Singer. Our family has been taking in this latest season of Mass Singer, and Time and time again, as uh, the contestants are interviewed, they talk about how much a blessing it is to be able to just be themselves and to let their natural talent come out because they don't have the pressure of their name or, or um, their past with them in those moments. And then we also think about natural talent of people around us who use their hands uh, in, in powerful ways. Uh, potters and concrete pourers and things like that. Or the minds of engineers who are able to make buildings and bridges and computer games and movies. Or authors as they write uh, and they use their rhetoric and their words in powerful ways. We see natural talent all around us. And my hope for each and every one of us is that we have something that we can do with our natural talents to let the world know about those. So what do we do with those kind of talents? Well, oftentimes uh, we use them in ways that uh, bring joy into our lives. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a detriment, right? Because we become so self-focused that we forget that we're to love our neighbors as well. This comes across, I think, most often for me as I look at the world around me in sports figures in the greatest ways, the, the people who are holding back to receive more money, a trend that kind of started a little bit with Joe DiMaggio back in the day with the Yankees and wanting just 15,000 more dollars. Well, in that day, it was a huge amount of money and today you can think of people like um, Cam Chancellor and other sports figures who are just, I'm worth more than what you're going to give me. And so they're thinking of themselves as the, 
most important thing in the world and forgetting about the people around them, their neighbors, as we would say here. So there's more to the story of talent that we're going to talk, to, talk about. We want to we give acknowledgement to natural talent. And, and my hope, again, is that we all find places where we can use our natural talents and to bless others. But as Peter is writing the church, he's not talking about natural talent. And I want to concentrate on Peter's words today. And as he begins to talk about it, he says this, as each has received a charisma, a gift, or a talent. You see this Greek word charisma, that's what the writing is up on the screen there. It's Greek. And charisma is a funny word. When we think of charisma, we think of people who have kind of big personalities, right? But Peter is actually thinking about the root word in charisma. And in Greek, that's charis. That's grace. You see, as Peter begins to talk about these gifts that we've been given, these talents we've been given, he points us to Jesus and the grace that we've been given through Jesus. And that continues to be his theme in his writing. As he says this, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but for me, this is a hard verse. Right now, here, in this time, and in this place. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. There is a lot happening in the world right now. I mean, waking up today unexpectedly to see snow and slush and to know that people are sliding on the roads is enough to create anxiety. And and then you have all of the pandemic and all of the changes and uncertainty. We have the political uncertainty happening around us. And then to read a verse where Peter's talking to the church and he says, in order that in everything... God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. He'd be hard to swallow. But we have to back up a little bit to see how and why Peter is saying this. He doesn't just throw it out there as just some statement to be made. He actually coaches us into it. And before we get to in order that everything in everything God will be glorified, we see him laying out what this means. As each has received a gift, the charisma, the talent, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. You see, twice here, we see that form of grace, that charisma and charis that is pointing us to Jesus. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles or words of God whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. You see, these gifts aren't about us at all. It's about how God uses us. Knowing that we are loved and forgiven and we have that grace in our lives, he supplies us with gifts to take to our neighbors. Because if you're like us and our, our family right now, you're feeling isolated at times. 
You want to, to be with people and in community. And yet things are beginning once again to back away from that and, and continue in isolation. But fear not. God is in the midst of his church and in the midst of the world. And he gives us these gifts, this charisma, to be able to encourage one another. So what does that look like? What does it look like for us? I think as we look at the gospel lesson, as we look at the Good Samaritan, we get a really good idea of what this looks like in the world around us. You see, in this story, the people who should have been Jesus' hands and feet, who should have been the encouraging, supporting, loving people to the man down, walked right by him. They didn't see the problem, or if they did, they chose to ignore it. And here we have an unlikely hero. The Samaritan should not have been there. He's not really a part of their normal, everyday stories. But we see Jesus making a point, saying that even the most unlikely of heroes can be used to be Christ's hands and feet, can use that charisma, the gifts of God's grace, to love and support and encourage someone around them. And he does that in very practical ways. He binds up wounds. He uses his treasure to pay for the hospitality that's needed for this gentleman. He uses all of the gifts, the, the time and the treasure and the talents to care for his neighbor who doesn't look like him. And, and we see this playing out in Jesus' stories time and time again. Unlikely heroes who are using the gifts they've been given to work wonders and to bless their neighbors. So what does that mean in a practical aspect for us this morning? It means that we all have natural talents, and I, I don't want to discount any of those. And sometimes we use those natural talents in a way that, that does encourage and bless people around us. But know this, that God uses us even on top of some of those natural talents and with those natural talents. He gives us these gifts of charisma, of grace, to specifically care for our neighbors in ways that encourage and love, support them, so that they can be... Uh, they can find the hope that we have. How many of us in the last week have said something like, I don't know how I can do any more of this. I don't know what happens if tomorrow looks like today looks. See, all of us at some point have felt this isolation weighing heavy on our shoulders. And in those moments, we need people around us to share that encouraging word. And thankfully, as a body of Christ, knowing that we have been given the ultimate gift of love and forgiveness that brings hope, we can use the gifts we've been given to encourage one another. Peter lays out these four specific ways of bringing encouragement, that God 
grants us gifts to bring encouragement in these ways. Hospitality, encouragement, love, and support. And it's really easy just to list these up on a screen and say, go for it. But what does it look like in a very practical sense for us? I know my mom is like the, the hospitality hostess with the mostess, right? So I could literally call her uh, when I was in high school and say, I've got two soccer teams uh, with me. I'm coming over. Um, can we feed them? And in 10 minutes, she would have a whole spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and vegetables on the table ready to feed 25 people. This is just how our house operated. But there's struggle happening because there's no uh, spaghetti dinners and no Taco Tuesdays and there's no connecting points. And so things have to look different. So what does that mean? Kind of looks like this. I was blessed between the years of 2008 and 2010 to spend about a week every month in New Orleans. And one of the jobs I had while I was there was to get to know the artisans, the artists who were there. And I met a gentleman named Raymond. And Raymond was a painter. He was not just any painter. He was like a a foremost mural painter. He did these huge murals on the side of buildings and for conventions and everything. And we were connecting with Raymond to to paint us a magnificent, huge mural. And so I had the privilege of sitting down to dinner with him several times. And in our second dinner, I noticed that Raymond had a stack of postcards that he had painted. And just curious, uh, because I really liked his paintings, I said, Raymond, how much are your postcards? I'd really like to grab one. And he said, oh no, they're not for sale. And I was like, oh man, such a bummer. I really wish I could grab one. And he he said, no, no, you don't understand. They're not for sale. The murals that I make, they're for sale. Those are the things that keep dinner on the plate and roof over my head. But every morning when I wake up, I paint five postcards. And my goal is to come back home at the end of the day with zero postcards. Because there are five people that I see every day, never the same people, but always around five people I see, they're having a bad day. This is my way of encouraging them. How amazing is that? Those little postcards could have sold for a hundred bucks a piece, and yet he's blessing the world around him and encouraging them because he has this gift of grace. As we look at the words of Peter, and we look at these things that he's lifting up for us to use as as God's gift, his charisma, that talent, we see hospitality and encouragement, love and support. And for us, in a practical way, hospitality looks different, right? We can't just make a meal and invite people over, but it might look like taking a meal to someone's doorstep and stepping away, or ordering a pizza for a neighbor 
and, and paying for it to be delivered. How many of you have ever written a postcard? Doesn't take long, but how many of you have ever received a postcard that's handwritten and been really bummed out about it? No one, right? Everyone likes to get postcards. They're encouraging things. We were able to write a postcard in our family for the first time last night. It took two minutes with our son, who's doing really well with it. And I know that when it gets to its recipient, it's going to bring a huge smile. Or if you want to dive a little bit deeper, check out Gary Chapman's Love Languages and figure out what some of those tangible ways of showing love to the people in your family are. And begin to explore what that means. Or if you want to do something a little sillier, try doing some active listening on Zoom. I don't know if many of you have looked at what active listening actually is. It's, it's a psychology um, teaching tool, but it's about uh, mimicking and, and saying back to people what you've just heard them say and shaking your head yes and, and parroting. It's not about asking the right questions and getting all of the right information and being able to speak into people's lives. It's about just being a listener. And these are just some of the ways that we can take these gifts, this charisma, this talent that God's given us because we know the hope we have in him and share that with the people around us, giving them encouragement. As we look at all of the pieces to the stewardship, the time, the treasure, the talents, we as a church want to support you and encourage you to use the gifts that you've been given. And so there's some practical ways that we can do that. And um, you should have received a survey in the email that had a, an email that has survey in it um, that talks about all three of these things and how you're using them so that we can step alongside you, encourage you, or, or find resources for you as you're uh, using the gifts of time, treasure, and talents in the world around you. If you didn't get that and you're here in person, there's some of these cards in the back. And I'd encourage you just to grab one, fill it out, let us know what you're up to. There is a, a practical aspect to the treasures. It, it does help us in our planning for next year. But it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that as you are blessed with gifts, Foremost, the gift of God's grace and his forgiveness. And then the other gifts that you've been given in your life. That we're able to find ways to bless our neighbors with those gifts. To show them the encouragement, the love, and the support that's needed in this time. Take a minute right now and just think of two people in your life. Two people in your life who could really use a word of encouragement. And then how are two ways that you can encourage that person this week? It goes beyond cards and letting us know what's happening. And to the people in your lives as well. How can you be a good neighbor, love, support, and encourage the people around you this week? 
You can do it because God gives you the gifts to be able to do it. My hope is that you find unique ways of making it happen. To be Christ's hands and feet to the world around you this week, through the next month, and into the next year. Amen.